Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Theologian's Table podcast. My name is Tim, and I am your host. So this episode is part of the Back to Basics series that I'm doing, and it, it will be covering repentance. And the reason why I wanted to cover repentance is that it's something that you might hear uh, in Sunday school when you're a kid, and then sometimes when you're a grown-up, if you have uh, familiarity with the church, but it's often explained uh, in superficial terms, so I wanted to cover it more deeply in this episode. And I'm joined tonight by Eli and Lynette Fields. I'm going to read a little bit about them. Uh, Lynette and Eli are in transition after pastoring for six years in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, they are taking time to develop deeper understandings and practice of spiritual disciplines. They're looking to step back into ministry in the near future. Uh, they have five children. Three are in high school. One is in middle school, and the youngest is in elementary. Uh, they also planted a church in uh, Car uh, Clarksville, Clarksville, Tennessee, after graduating from Bible college. So Eli and Lynette, thank you for uh, coming on to the show. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having us. Of course. So, uh, do you also have a dog? Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes. All right. So, our listeners may hear a dog or they might hear our children because I also have children. Um, well, we, uh, we told our five children absolutely under no circumstance should they make any noise at all during this time. <laughs> so, hopefully, we'll see how our parenting worked out, works right. out. So, we'll see. <laughs> Same here. Same here. All right. Uh, so repentance. I wanted to have you guys on the show because you are seasoned uh, pastors. And um, I only have like two months under my belt. <laughs> uh, so I thought maybe it would be good to have more of a, an authoritative perspective on repentance and so I guess my first question for you guys is uh, what does repentance mean? And uh, I will start from there. Well, Lynette, you're the one with all the notes. So I'm gonna let you go first. Then I'll riff after that. We'll see what happens. All right. So I kind of, I kind of boil it down to that. It's, um, it's a sorrowful response to our sin that is evident in an honest confession and then changed behavior. So wow, that was a sorrowful response to our sin. And then we ha it has to come with an honest confession and then turning from that activity. And I think it's always so my definite. Yeah, it's very similar to her. It is hers. It's a very um, it does have elements of sorrow to it, but it's also a recognition. Um, it's a um, it's a changing of the mind um, when we were reading in um, Jesus's you know, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, that was something that really um, woke me up was what does that mean? And it really does have an element of, okay, I was going in one direction. I had this way of thinking and now uh, I'm, I'm going in another way. You know, I've recognized who Jesus is and I'm changing my direction. Okay. So um, that's a good starting point. And I guess my follow-up question to that is uh what are some 
ways that modern Christians might misunderstand what repentance is? So I think a lot of times we think it's just simply saying, I'm sorry. Um, we start with the sorrow. Um, and a lot of times it's not sorrow in recognition of who God is. It's not an understanding of my relationship or my separation from God. A lot of times is, is like, uh, you know, we talked about our children. It's getting your hand caught in the cookie jar kind of thing. And, and, and sorrow uh, is only one aspect of it, but then a recognition of who God is. And so a lot of times we feel like we can just say, I'm sorry. And um, or that we don't need repentance at all because we've already said it one time before. So it doesn't become a way of life. And so I, I think those are two big ways in which we miss it when it comes to repentance. It's the idea that I can just say I'm sorry or um, I can. I've said it a long time ago and God knows my heart. OK, that I, that's good, uh, because. My my next question really was, uh, is repentance just a one time thing or or is there more to repentance? Like, is it a lifelong practice or or you will you do it multiple times throughout your life or what? Absolutely. I think it's something that we'll do. I think that we will course correct. I think we will find our sinful nature rising up and tendencies coming into our lives and we'll need to course correct several times during our lives, um, during our days. Uh, what, what did you, what were you going to add, Eli? So um, I, I tended to believe that it was a lot of times it was just saying, I'm sorry, but um, so some of the influences uh, and you, you've uh, mentioned him on uh, Facebook posts, Twitter posts is of what if, uh, is it John Piper or John MacArthur meets Brian Zahn? What are they going to talk about in heaven? Right. Uh, I remember you. Well, so Brian Zahn has been heavily like uh, influential in the last year of my life. So if that's a turnoff for some people, I'm I'm sorry, not sorry. But uh, he, he's really good. And one of the things that um, going through some of his teachings is, is that and really it's not his teaching. It was it's the traditions of the church that have been around for a long time is the declaration of forgiveness of sin is a time of repentance and reflection in the worship service. And so um, while it doesn't have to happen at church, I do believe that there has to be a recognition of our shortcomings, uh, our, our failures, our, our falling away, our, our missing the mark, you know, and even sometimes having the wrong mindset. And so repentance is an opportunity if we take it daily uh, or weekly, however often that we need to, I think repentance becomes a way of life. It's all, it's, if, if we're changing our minds and if we know that we're constantly, you know, skewed towards missing it, I know that I am. Uh, and so repentance is if I understand that I'm going to have a time of repentance, or if I'm going to have a, a lifestyle of repentance, then it's going to be looking for those areas that I haven't really given over to God and allowing him to take control, allowing myself to say, man, I'm sorry, I missed it. And then, um, and then confessing them and then believing that I've been forgiven. And so that becomes a, that becomes a way of life. And I think that's important. And I know that there are some places that, you know, we feel like we have to have the right moment, like an altar call, or maybe we said a prayer in a vacation Bible school, that we've done that already. I think that sets us up for a long, not just, um, it sets us up for a very difficult life following Christ. 
Right. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And that's uh, one of the reasons why I asked that is because specifically because of that, that I guess you would call it a crisis, crisis experience in that middle school camp um, experience where you're like, where you repent and then you are doing well for like uh you're on this camp high i guess for a few weeks yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying and then yeah, exactly and then it kind of goes it peters out after a while so um, i'm sorry go ahead no it's okay and when we present to people that that's your one-time uh, experience of forgiveness and repentance, I think that's where we have such great, um, such hypocrisy and self-righteousness in the church because we feel like we've not sinned since our crisis moment of faith and we've not needed to repent. Um, Eli and I have been praying a daily prayer where we, we repent for not loving our neighbor as ourselves. And... Um, and not loving God with our whole heart. And there's something about always recognizing that I could be falling short and I need to be asking for forgiveness. And I need to be asking God to direct that even what I don't do is, or even what I neglect doing is, is, is failing God. And I need to come to him and say, help me to do right today. And mm, when we as Christians don't talk like we need that throughout our lives, then when young Christians fall, they feel like they're in this foreign place that they're not supposed to be in. And in reality, we all fall and we all need to come back to repentance and we need to present it like that. Right. So it sounds like there's good opportunity for uh, continued transformation. The more we understand that uh, how, um, uh, necessary and and uh, i guess how necessary repentance is at uh, certain stages in life yes all right well you brought up two really good points that i kind of wanted to maybe we could spend a little more time on was sure you, uh, you talked about romanticizing altar calls and i don't think that's um I, you know i've been a part of a pentecostal organization pentecostal you know uh tribe or vein of christianity for nearly all my life and the altar call was the um, crescendo. It was the the major point of the service. As a pastor, if you didn't have people coming up to the altars repenting at the end of the service, whatever you did in between those times, it, it's it's a it's an utter failure. And so we have romanticized the altar call, and then people get the false sense of relief or the false sense of maybe forgiveness, uh, not, not false sense of forgiveness, but the false sense of relief that when they leave there, that they don't have to do anything different once they go home. And, and because we make it, well, I'll just repent when I get to church or, or, or those kind of things. And it's not just in the Pentecostal. I, I make the joke that as a kid, I was saved in every denomination as a child being a bus kid. And you know, a lot of times what happens is, is you go to, I mean, at least in the South where I'm, you know, from Tennessee, that was a big deal. I mean, it didn't matter the denomination. The altar call was the epitome of the service. And so we've kind of conditioned people to think, I, I can't live a lifestyle of repentance. And the other thing that you said that was really good, too, was we have to have a crisis point. And I know that I waited when I fell away from the Lord as a teenager. I know that I had to wait till I had a crisis point. But now I'm a father of five kids who've 
thankfully have never had that experience. What does that do for the people that haven't had a crisis point who, you know, we're teaching our kids that they don't always love the Lord with all their hearts. They've sinned against God in that way and they haven't loved their neighbors, you know? And so um, we have like, they don't need to, to be a drug addict to, to need, a, you know, to need a point of, a, or a time of repentance. We don't need a crisis moment. And I think we have to move beyond that as a church to say that repentance is a way of life for us because we don't always love the Lord and we don't always love our neighbors as ourselves. And more often than not, that needs, we need to be reminded of it. So, so those are two good things that I think we need to move past and, and look at repentance as a, as a daily reminder of how much um, how much we need God's grace and mercy in our lives just to to be good humans, you know. Okay, so to clarify, are you <laughs> arguing against altar calls? <laughs> yes, uh, uh, yes, completely. We need to get rid of the altars. Uh, we need to get rid of the altar song. Altar song. No, I'm joking. No, I, I think there's a there is a there is a place and there's a time for that, but we shouldn't base our, um, well, as a minister, we shouldn't base our um, successes or failures on responses to altar calls. Uh, if there's tears and eyes in that service, you know, that that romanticizing that altar call slash crisis moment. If we begin to teach people that, you know, you need to live a life of, you know, that daily evaluation and how did I treat my wife? How did I treat my children? And I guarantee you, uh, at least from my perspective as a father and a husband, that there, there's plenty to repent about daily just regarding those two things, not to mention my job and 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 uh, people in traffic, you know. So um, there's plenty to repent about on a daily basis. And so um, while we do need to have those moments where people can have that come to Jesus, I'm repenting, changing my mind, changing the way I live my life, um, there is something else to be said about a daily uh, examination of the heart where I put myself under the light of the Holy Spirit and allow him to examine me and then turn from the things that he brings to my attention. So sort of like taking up your cross daily type of thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah exactly. look at, even at the dramatic stories in scriptures like Zacchaeus in the tree um, and he came down and he said he was going to give away his possessions and he he showed action in his repentance. Jesus went to his house that day. You know, I'm coming to your house today. <laughs> he went and he oh, ate him that day. <laughs> he, and um, it didn't end with that dramatic moment at the base of the tree when he talked to Jesus and repented. He then went home and he sat with him and he talked to him and he initiated a new life with him. And um, the crowds in, in Acts that were saved, then it talks about how they were added to the church and they, they broke bread together and they, and they did stuff together. It wasn't this dramatic crisis moment. It was what followed after. So there's nothing wrong with that crisis moment. It's that there's meant to be something that follows after. Right. I've always, I, lately especially, I've been thinking about the difference between the early church uh, and how the Christians had to go through uh, a catechismal process in order to get up to baptism. And today we're so much characterized in, in this, uh, especially in America, by the crisis experience in, in salvation. And, and so there is a huge difference between how someone entered into Christianity 
in, in the early church as to how they enter now, uh, for the most part, anyways. But um, and so I agree with you that we shouldn't um, we shouldn't romanticize the altar call and that it will take a toll on uh, the pastor's psyche about success. And, and it doesn't do well to teach about repentance. So I think those are all points that people don't think about in, in regards to how that affects repentance and then how that affects faith. So I, I appreciate the, those points. And then I think too that it's a beginning, that repentance is a beginning, it's not an ending. Right. It's the beginning of what's to follow with this new changed mind. You know, we were looking at the actual word repentance and it's your understanding after. So if it's a crisis moment, if it's the end of catechism, I think you called it, um, if it's the end of just being taught to to love God and serve God, um, and then, then comes repentance, then that's the beginning of this new thing. It's not the end. It's the beginning. Right, exactly. So um, let's uh, let's move on to the next question. Are there? This kind of goes into the 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 crisis experience. Um, now that we've uh, you know torn it all to shreds, <laughs> let's build it back up again. Uh, so, are there any uh, experiences of? powerful acts of repentance that you've seen in your own lives that you'd be willing to share and how did they impact your faith? And I guess we could go from the standpoint of that crisis experience, or we could, you could go from the standpoint of that um, continued life uh, of repentance. I have one example. I'm not sure. Um, at one point when Eli and I were pastoring, all of the couples in our congregation were living oh together unmarried. Um, every single one. <laughs> and um, we were we were thankful that as we just continued to preach God's word and love on people and have a relationship with them, that many of them came to 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 get married and to live um, in that way. But we had one couple in particular that were older. And we did their premarital counseling. And at one point, um, while they were living together, they committed to go back to, um, uh, I don't want to say celibacy. What's the right word, Eli? <laughs> well, uh, I think it is celibacy. They, <laughs> they, they slept in separate bedrooms. Um, yeah. until they couldn't move out. Yeah. For, for months until they were married. And uh, I thought it was the ultimate act of repentance that they saw that they shouldn't have done this thing. And they didn't just apologize. They did differently in a dramatic, drastic, you know, dramatic way. And we saw a fresh innocence on them. I, I, I'll tell on Eli, he teared up at the altar as he, as they exchanged their vows. And it was beautiful. It was a beautiful act of what happens after repentance? In all fairness, I cry at every wedding that I'm a part of. So that's, you know, that was, but no, it was a beautiful moment. And it, you know, and, and in dealing with that um, particular issue, you know, you're, you're, for me as a pastor, um, teaching and preaching on something that is unpopular is, you know, um, most po pastors don't even talk about that anymore. And I know that if I were pastoring even today, talking about that is very difficult 
but the Lord just really laid it on my heart that he cared about, you know, their relationship with each other and, and wanted them to do it right. And he wanted them to have right relationship with him. And I think that's really the, um, the, the thing about repentance is, is that God's not so much worried about, you know, are you breaking my rules? It's more or less, are, are you breaking communion with me? Um, are you putting yourself in a position that separates, you know, separates us from each other? And, and so when they were willing to do that in, in that, in that situation, it says that they valued their relationship with God more than, um, you know, more than just their relationship with each other and more than just, uh, you know, more than just trying to do church, you know, do church things and get the appearance. So, but for me, you know, I, uh, when you talk about examples of repentance, um, so I guess, my story is a little bit, um, I was, Lynette and I actually both were saved in oneness Pentecostalism, Pentecostalism. And I jokingly say I knew Acts 2.38 before I knew John 3.16. Peter said, repent every one of you for the name, uh, for the remission of your sins. Uh, and you, you should be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, right? Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. And so that word repentance was a big thing. And it was, it was, we would have those sorrowful moments at the altar and um, in, in that experience, there was a lot of turning, but I didn't have the power because they didn't go beyond that idea of just saying you're sorry. You're a bad person. You need to say you're sorry. And if you do that, God will forgive you and then you'll get the gift of the Holy Ghost. And it really didn't affect my lifestyle, even at that young age. And, and I think the idea of repentance is we can we can make it all about saying I'm sorry. And so for me, I said, I'm sorry all the time, but there was no transformation. There was no formation of God's nature in me, not because, uh, and it was because I had a very narrow view of the word repentance. I just kept saying, I'm sorry every time I messed up. And it wasn't until years later that I learned that, um, that repentance means that it is a commitment to, uh, first of all, not doing those things anymore, recognizing that they're wrong, but also leaning into God. I, I think that's the key of it is that Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of well, the kingdom of heaven is here. And and for me, knowing that Jesus is here, repentance means I look at the way Jesus looks at things and then I lean on him in areas where I'm not really strong, you know, where I'm not able to follow through. So, OK, I don't know if that's a good ex example or not. No, no, it's good. Um all right, so I want to go back to something that you said uh, a few moments ago, and then earlier uh, you said that we repent because we're separated from God. Can you explain how that is and and, and how that happens? Like, how, how are we separated from God? I guess. Well, I mean, you're the you're the theologian, right? So uh, <laughs> trying to put me. In. Why don't you explain it? No. Um, so my understanding is, is that we're all born with a sin nature, right? We're all separated from God uh, at, at, you know, at our, at our birth where, you know, and then you start getting, is it, you know, different, is it conceptions? So I'm thinking on the fly, I didn't take notes. So uh, perhaps I should have, but no, it's the idea that we're all born with this nature that is, that is contrary to what God wants for us. You know, um, I always talk about when I use my, I use my oldest daughter and by the way, pastor uh, Tim if I can save you some heartache, don't use your children as your examples. As they get older, they will resent that and they will use it against you. Uh, stay away from that. But but my but I'm going to do it again. So do as I say and not as I do. 
we would tell her, don't go into the kitchen. And she would get as close to that line as she could. And then she would stick a finger over it. And we think as, as, as crazy as it is, as adults, as we get older, right, we won't do that anymore. We get more mature. But no, I find myself every day encountering either in myself or other people's the, the do's and don'ts of the world with the inability to just not break the rules. Right. And, and you know, um, I think that's true. God has set us. God has created us for communion with him. And because we have this broken nature within us, it separates us from him. And then in his mercy and his grace, he provides Jesus as the perfect sacrifice to bring us back into relationship with him. Well, in that crisis moment, in those crises, we, we, we think that it's all said and done at that moment. But the reality of it is, is that we are continually growing in our relationship, continually learning and maturing and being discipled. And because of that, so that sin nature dies in that relationship with Christ, well, then again, you get into that debate, right? Do we still have a sin nature? And, and that's not for this podcast. Uh, but the idea that I have is, is that, or the things that I, um, the things that I go to is that I still have a nature that, that really has a hard time obeying uh, God. And, and really honestly in my flesh, I just, you know, why do we, why do we have so many books on prayer when, why do we have so many books on fasting? So many books on, you know, relationship with God is because we do terribly at it by ourselves. And, and so repentance is a constant bringing back to uh, a place where we recognize our shortcomings, recognizing the mercy and the grace of God and allowing him to continually empower us to follow after him, to reestablish that communion. In Christ, we are reconciled, right? We're reconciled to God, the Father. And so it's in that that we, um, it's in that relationship that we are able to, well, it's in, we're able to walk in reconciliation with him because of what Christ has done for us. And repentance is a big key of that because it's a changing of the mind. Gotcha. Did I answer that at all, or did I just talk in circles? No, you did. I mean, you you mentioned you you. I think you uh, you elaborated on it quite a bit. So uh, sorry. Thank you. No, no, it's good. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, all right. So, uh, Lynette, you're going to edit that out, right? You're going to edit all that out, right? Hopefully. Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um. I'll be nice. Uh, Lynette is so Eli mentioned that you, you had a lot of notes uh, that you, that you took, or maybe he was teasing you. I don't know. No, but, I'm a notes person. All right. So if there is, if there, I do have a couple more questions, but if there isn't anything that we've covered so far that you've been maybe wanting to talk about, uh, what is it? Um, well, I guess one of the things was, um, I was, I was looking not just at the word repentance, but at like biblical examples of repentance. And I saw so many that were done well, like when Nineveh repented and the, uh, Jonah had gone throughout the city and even on his first day, there was already a reaction and the people, uh, the king called for a fast and they sat in sackcloth and ashes and just this immediate turnaround. And then God forgave them and he he relented on um, what he was going to do the judgment he was going to bring to Nineveh and they're just an example of you know immediate and dramatic and honest uh repentance but Eli and I uh, Eli and I as we were reading in Hosea I was struck by this failed repentance that happened in the book of Hosea in Hosea and God had um 
told the people exactly what he was looking at for um, in the prophet's message. He said, I need you to acknowledge your guilt and seek my face in chapter five. And they responded to God and they responded with how good God was and how he was going to save them. And it's almost, you almost get caught up in their beautiful language and their praise of God. And then you hear that God kind of rejects what they have to say because they said all of this about how good God was without ever admitting guilt or regret of the sins that God was calling them out on, that he had told them specifically, acknowledge your guilt and seek my face. And they just wanted to talk about how good God was. And I think that might be something that we're familiar with in the present day church is we just want to talk about how good God's grace is. But God says, my grace is good. Acknowledge your guilt and seek my face. And they didn't. And so he tells them that their loyalty is like a dispersing cloud or like the morning dew gone early. And he says, you want to talk about how good I am, but I told you what you needed to do. I told you what was required to escape this judgment and they didn't. So he goes on and he proclaims his judgment to them in Hosea. And so it's just a really good example of this failed repentance, how they said flowery things about God, but they didn't um, turn from their sin. That's good. That's good. I'm thinking about a lot of things right now. Uh, main. <laughs> I won't get political. Okay. Um, no, do please. <laughs> no, I mean it just reminds me of uh, uh, what happened in, in January and, and a little bit before that, where we, where everybody were was all about revival, but. Mm. The revival wasn't centered around the right things. It wasn't about going back to God. It was about getting. Uh, and I'm I'm not a a liberal or anything, but it was about getting a Republican back in office because that meant right. we were following God. And so that's like uh, that's what that story brought my mind to is that uh, we're we constantly uh, now we it seems like people are constantly misinterpreting where god is calling them to and and hosea is a perfect example of that and i think you know what ha has happened in the past year is also a good correlation between the passage of, uh, of hosea so well you know the, the thing that um when I when we were reading Hosea is the temptation for me um, is that I want to when I think about it, I want to make parallels between Israel and America, right. you know, and and the parallel should be between Israel and the, the church and mm -hmm. and um, not necessarily. Yeah, well. And so what happens is, is that because we have commingled uh, Americana and 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 the church, you know, in America, that, that there's really hard, it's hard to separate the two. And so uh, when we hear slogans like uh, make America great again, it, it is this idea. Uh, well, well, actually, it's a very undefined idea. You know, if you ask different people, different things, if you ask the unreligious or non-religious Republican, what that means, if you ask the Christian Republican, what that yes. means, um, you'll get all kinds of you'll get all kinds of different answers. But what God is looking for, and I, and I think this is the idea of repentance, especially in that, is that God is specifically speaking to his people to not get entangled in these different um, 
well, other religions, ideologies, and or, or maybe for those folks, and maybe for us, he's calling us to repent from being entangled in all of those. And uh, one of my favorite is return back to our first love, you know, uh-huh. one of my favorite passages. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I, I definitely uh, agree with you on that. Of course I do. But <laughs> um, so uh, the next question I have here is as and we might have already covered it a little bit. So I apologize if this is uh, more repetition, but as people as people who've been in pastoral ministry, what do you want people to understand the most about repentance? I don't think it can be said enough, actually. So what do you want people to know the most about repentance? Um, I guess that they wouldn't continue to dwell in guilt and shame that when we talk about continual repentance, that as they take each thing to God, that it is that it is covered by the blood of Jesus, that it is forgiven, that it is forgotten, and that they're then set free to go and live differently. And that instead of continuing to dwell in that in that despair, they need to just go start living differently. And then when they find that they don't, right, then he is faithful and just to forgive us as long as we confess that we have and come back and start again. Just the, the continually a righteous man falls down seven times um, and gets back up, right? It's just to keep coming back to that. That's good. Eli? Yeah. Yeah, um, along those similar, you know, um, along those lines, I think for me is I think when we talk about repentance, we have to put it in the context of God's love for us. Right. I mean, um, when God is calling us to repentance, it's not his desire to um, flog us. It's not about it's not about. it's not about God pointing things out to God. us to harm us. It's not God about disciplining us or pun. I guess not disciplining, but punishing us. Um, repentance isn't about punishment. Um, it is God. It's God's desire for reconciliation. And he loves you so much that he'll tell you the truth about yourself. And it's up to us to recognize that and then to allow him to um, transform us as we bring those, as we confess those things. And that's something that we didn't talk about. Maybe we could talk about a little bit more is, is, is the way in which we repent and, and the idea of confession. But the, but the point is that God is absolutely doing this. His whole soul purpose is because he loves you. Right. Exactly. God is like Jonah said, God is a compassionate God. Um, so yeah, let's talk about, what what you just said, what you wanted to talk about, uh, go into a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, what does repentance look like? Right. I mean, that's a that's a big deal. And we kind of hit on that a little bit when we talked about romanticizing altar calls and crisis moments. But um, I, I, I remember when God was bringing me through some very serious sin issues in my life. I felt that I had to I had, you know, I, I had to suffer. Um, and, 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 and if I didn't have that crying and if I didn't feel terrible, if I didn't feel, you know, 
weight, you know, uh, the weight and the weight of guilt um, that I, that I wasn't truly sorry. And it was more about me and, and, and it was about me earning that forgiveness. If I suffered, then I earned that forgiveness. But, but, um, but what real repentance would I've come to look like, what I've come to see it as is, is not so much about feeling guilty. It's not about feeling shame. In fact, Jesus, uh, whenever he came across people who the, who the religious people, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees would determine should be uh, flogged and punished. Jesus, the, the, like their forgiveness moments or the moments that he interacted with were very short. And, and, and he didn't, um, and he didn't hold it against them or make them feel a certain way. I mean, he didn't hide it that they were, um, that they had sin or they were uh, not in right relationship, but um, he recognized it. And what was really interesting is, is that he, he forgave them. And so in my own life, I had to learn that it wasn't about me uh, in the sense that I, I needed to feel guilty. I needed to feel shame. I needed to be flogged, spiritually flogged, but it was recognizing what my actions or my thought life or whatever it was, um, what they were doing to my relationship to God with God, what they were doing with my relationship with my family, my wife, my children, my coworkers, whoever it was that my actions may have offended. And it was about restoration. And so how do I restore? Well, you know, you, I think that's really one of the most powerful passages is confess your sins one to another and God is faithful and just to forgive you of all your unrighteousness. And then like, stop and leave it at that. You know, don't try to prove anything because then you make it about you. Gotcha. That's really good. Uh, I didn't, I, I don't think that's something that I ever thought about with, you know, just leaving it there and then going out into having to prove it because it, you're right. It does make it about you in that moment. And it's not supposed to, it's supposed to be about uh, God. So I think that's uh, something to think about for sure. And restoring that relationship that it's, mm -hmm. it's not meant to make you feel bad or just to correct your behavior. It's meant to restore that broken relationship between you and God. And now it's now, now it's unfettered. Right. Yeah. I, that's uh, another thing that I think that we miss uh, a lot sometimes is that we, especially when it comes to punishment, we think about, uh, um, there's two words that I'm thinking of. There's restorative, uh, and then what's the other one? Um, retributive. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I can't talk. Retributive. And uh, with 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 repentance, with salvation, there's very much a re restoration going on. It's not. Uh, it's not about punishment. So, thank you for Even for sharing that. Go ahead. Sorry. Even the, the other really great example of repentance in the scripture is the man on the cross next to Jesus. And after his moment of repentance and Jesus accepting him, he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Like that's the culmination of their exchange is that now he's going to be in paradise with Jesus, that that relationship is, is enacted then. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, I think that's another good story to look to because that's another instance of where you see genuine repentance of someone uh, too. So yeah, that, that's a great example. All right. Uh, I, I wanted to answer the last question too, 
uh, what do I want people to know or understand about repentance? And I think uh, Eli actually said it in a sermon is that uh, repentance doesn't, it, it, re it frees you from sin. It doesn't free you to sin. Because, and that ties into that. You did it in a sermon. I really liked oh. it. And I can't remember wow. if I was, if I, if it was when I was visiting or if I, if it was online, but it, it, it impressed me a lot. Uh, uh, so, um, it goes back to what we were saying a little bit before of where you don't, you know, just say a prayer yeah. and then go on living as you had just, uh, done before you got to church or whatever, or to church camp or wherever you want to put it. But you're, you're completely turning your life and in going into the other direction. That direction is, is towards God and doing the things that pleases God and doing the things that, uh, uh, restores your relationship with not just him, but people around you. And so, um, it's, like we've been saying, you, you know, it completely, it's a complete change. It really is. So it's not this shallow thing that's one and done and, and that's it. So, all right. Do you, do you guys have anything else that you want to mention uh, that you would like to share or bring up? Your, Eli was just giving me this face like, what is he talking about? <laughs> so I, I just, I didn't realize it until I'm watching myself. I'm very expressive evidently. And uh, no, I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to remember the question that you asked uh, at the end. Oh, of, it, um, to be honest, yeah. to be honest. It was uh, as people who've been in pastoral ministry, what do you want people to understand the most about repentance? That's what it was. So then I was um, answering that question. Yeah. No, that was, a, and that was a really good answer. And I got lost in it. Um, oh, that was really good. My, 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 my thing that if I could, if I could, I don't know if I could tell people anything about repentance is, is that um, it's not something that has to be earned. Uh, repentance is not something that has to be, again, it's, it's not meant to be punishment. Christ has done it literally all for us. And, and so repentance is really just a response to what Jesus has already done. Um, he has conquered your sin. He's conquered death. He's conquered hell and the grave. Right. And so repentance is simply a recognition of what Christ has done uh, there should be sorrow in it because it cost so much for Christ to do that for us. Uh, and, and I, I don't want to, yeah. And I, maybe I don't want people to walk away having sensing that I have an easy believism or name it and claim it or something like that. Uh, just say you're sorry, but it really truly is that it's a recognition of Christ's love for us so much, what he's done for us that really we can't add anything to it. We just have to be like Lynette's uh, example of the thief on the cross. We just have to come close to his crucifixion and, and come close to him and see what he's done for us. And then change directions from living in the flesh and walk in him. It's just, it's like scandalously simple, right? It's just mm -hmm. that simple. And, and so, yeah, that you don't have to go through all those hoops and all those, all those things. Now, 
yeah, so I'm going to stop because I'm thinking about the catechism and I could just do this all day on that. That's <laughs> a different thought. So I know, I know the temptation. I know the temptation. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. I think uh, that's a good place to end. However, since I love talking about this stuff, if there's anything else that uh, Eli or you, Lynette, want to mention anything else uh feel free i think i'm i think i'm good i, I like okay. what we shared today all right great we just want to say yeah well i mean thank you for having us on uh we um we appreciate that and thank you for doing the hard work of of talking about um difficult topics um your podcast you're not just talking about fluffy issues and so um, you're doing you're doing the hard work and we appreciate it. We appreciate you having us on and we pray God's blessings over your ministry. Uh, welcome to the ministry, Pastor Tim. And uh, we look forward to seeing what God has for you, too. Oh, thank you very much. You guys are you, you guys are just so generous all the time. I really appreciate that. Uh, and I, I want to thank you for coming on and, you know, and in sort of guiding this discussion as well. So um, I'm going to end it here. And uh, the next podcast uh, will hopefully be about the Trinity. But let me just, that is one of the most difficult subjects on the face of the planet. It really is. But hopefully that'll be the next one. Uh, but until then, have you uh, tried to use the egg, the egg illustration, or the shamrock? That, have you heard of those? Are those that's that's heresy? <laughs> the, all 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 analogies of the Trinity lead lead to heresy. It's best not to use analogies. That's what I can't wait to hear it. Right? Can't wait to hear. It. <laughs> so I'll I'll eventually make my own analogy anyway, and then probably it'll lead to heresy somehow. So. <laughs> You'll find out from Twitter. You'll find out. I'll find out. Yeah, maybe. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, but until then, uh, as I always say, God bless and keep learning.